And welcome to another edition of the TBH Sports Podcast. I am your host, Tyler Henry, and we have a great show for you today. The Sports Illustrated A-Team is back to break down another busy weekend of NFL action and to get you ready for the AFC and NFC Championship games later this week. Without further ado, let's welcome in two friends of the show. My first guest is a Sports Illustrated writer for the Arizona Cardinals, a writer for the Arizona State Sun Devils, and like me after this weekend's game, sad. Please welcome to the show, Alex Weiner. Alex, it's good to have you back. Yeah, I'm just the uh, the picture of that one fan at the game. I forget what game it is, but it's just the, the picket sign that says, I am sad. Uh, so that's all I've been for the last couple of days, but it's okay. Me too, man. Me too. Uh, my second guest is a Sports Illustrated writer for the Kansas City Chiefs, a host of Roughing the Kicker, that podcast, and a man who has appeared on every other sports podcast from here to the Mississippi River. You know him. You love him. Please welcome in Jordan Foote. Jordan, it's good to have you back. Tyler, thanks for having me on, man. I'm glad I could uh, take some time out of my extremely busy schedule, as you think it is, to uh, come on the TBH Sports Pod, when in reality, um, this is my favorite thing to do, and I wouldn't be anywhere else. <laughs> well, we appreciate that. Always always good to have you on, and uh, glad you were able to find some time here in your schedule. Uh, we got a lot to get to today, so let's go ahead and get right into it with a recap of our four divisional round games that took place last weekend. We'll go in order, which means we begin with the Green Bay Packers 32-18 to win over the LA Rams. I said last week on the show that I thought 28 points was the floor for Green Bay. They put 32 up on the league's best defense, and Jordan, at times, this Packers team looked suspect as we went through the regular season, but ever since that loss to the Colts in Week 10, they've looked pretty darn unbeatable. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that their matchup this week, I'm sure we'll touch on it um, here in a little bit, that is the one that I'm worried about them not being unbeatable in. But, man, if your offense is rolling like that and the Rams are a bad matchup for pretty much any offense, they made it look relatively easy. Like, Aaron Rodgers had the smirk going, and if you have the smirk going and you're Aaron Rodgers, your team's going to win. Like, that has a 100% success rate, and I think we saw it, like, two times throughout the game, so... Um, Green Bay is looking pretty darn good right now. You know, there were a number of times in that game, like you said, it looked easy for Green Bay. And I think I expected the Rams, you know, for as, as good as they did defensively in this game, I kind of expected more out of this team. You know, I, I know they were dinged up at a couple of positions, but this Green Bay offense has just been been really good. Um, Alex, I want to I want to talk to you, obviously, a lot of things to take away from this game. But there is a bit of a breakdown in communication now we're finding out between Sean McVay and Jared Goff in L.A. I still feel like this team is a quarterback away from being a true contender in the NFC, but there are a lot of moving parts here i want to hear your 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 thoughts about the rams performance in this game obviously but first i wanted to get your opinion just kind of on where you feel like this la team goes from here as we head into this offseason i mean we could do an entire hours long podcast just on what the heck the rams do now because they're kind of set with what the roster is going to look like next season um just with their contracts in fact they're more likely to lose a couple of starters than to like bring in some high caliber guys and if you recall, Jared Goff signed a pretty lengthy extension before last season. And so he's their quarterback, unless they can somehow swindle somebody to take a chance on him. Or I, I, don't, I don't quite know what they do to get out from under that. It's sort of like the Eagles situation with Wentz, although I believe Goff is a better, you know, in a better situation playing-wise than Wentz. But I, I think Goff's their guy. I mean, I don't, I don't really see a, a really obvious solution for them. So I know you mentioned they're a quarterback away. I tend to agree. 
I didn't think Goff was too bad against the Packers. He was actually he actually played all right. He, he was much better than he was against the Seahawks. But um, they're going to have to be really, really amazing basically everywhere else in order to, to pull him forward. And they're close to it. It's just going to be a really bizarre offseason for them. And now they have to replace Brandon Staley at D.C. There's a lot of questions. Yeah, a lot of questions. I saw an article today. It said that uh, Sean McVay and Jared Goff's relationship needs marriage counseling, uh, which is never something you want to hear, especially not if you're a fan of the Rams. Uh, Jordan, you know, we've talked a little bit about their offseason situation, but I did want to get a little bit more from you here on just the way you felt they played in this game specifically against Green Bay. I really do feel like they did their best, but at the end of the day, when Aaron Rodgers is rolling, like you said, there's not a lot you're going to do to stop that. Yeah, um, I they played pretty close to their best. I think really considering everything that was going on, they left some points on the field, um, which you can't afford to do against an offense like Green Bay. And Jared Goff was laboring. I mean, you could tell he did throw a much better football this past week than he did in the previous week. But um, do I think that a full strength Jared Goff beats the Packers? No, I don't. I mean, it's just they aren't as good as them offensively. And if your defense can't slow them down at least a little bit, it seemed like, I mean, at times, like you mentioned at the beginning of the pod, Green Bay was a little suspect, and they still hung 32 points on a top five, probably top three, sometimes top one defense in the NFL. So it was really scary, I think, for the Tampa Bay team that it has a really good defense and is going to play Green Bay that they're playing really, really good football right now. Absolutely. So the Packers get the win 32-18 over the Rams. Uh, Again, we'll have more conversations later on as we get out of the postseason about what they do next. But let's keep moving through these games. Saturday also gave us what many people, including the three of us, I think, all pegged as what could be the most entertaining matchup heading into the week between the Ravens and Bills. You know, I did try to tell you guys, and I tried to tell my roommates as well, I I felt like there was a reality where this could be a gritty, low-scoring affair, and that ended up being what we got. Um, Alex, I want to come to you first as our resident Ravens expert. What was kind of your biggest takeaway, not only from this game for the Ravens, but also on their situation and what they may be looking to do as we head into this offseason? They need a center, as as was my first thing. (laughs) Uh, Tyler Huntley played surprisingly well was my second thing, but uh, that's well, I'm probably not touching that too much. Um, Ultimately, this was a really tight game, but the score doesn't really look like it. I mean, the pick six... If something else goes the Ravens' way, then they tie the game 10-10. to Who knows what happens? But just with how well the Bills' defense was playing, and they were playing really, really well. I know they had some issues throughout the season defending the run, and against the Colts last week, they got burned a few times. But they, they came out to play this week, and um, I think you know, I think Leslie Frazier got some head coaching buzz a little bit just after – I felt like that night. But, yeah, I, I think that Lamar also – wasn't quite good enough and just wasn't quite a good enough you know dropping back and passing and when the bills did an okay job sort of trying to stop the run uh the ravens pass game just wasn't creative enough and i think that they definitely need another receiver who can get open more consistently lamar is going to have to continue to improve as a pocket passer and i think that play calling wise they're going to have to get a little bit more creative with what to do when you have to come back and what to do when opponents really really try to take away the run and so those are going to be dilemmas for the Ravens throughout this offseason trying to figure it out because that's the next step in the revolution. Yeah, I tend to agree with everything you just said. There is another side to that coin, though. I mean, we talk about the the lack of offense for the Ravens. I think the biggest surprise to me was how well this Buffalo defense held up throughout. I really thought that was the big question mark coming into this game was, look, can the Bills do something that they haven't really done effectively all year and that stop high caliber offenses? And 
I mean, to their credit, they did it. They they completely kept the Ravens out of the out of the end zone in this game. You know, Jordan, you told me several weeks ago you thought this Bills team might be one of the best chances that the AFC had to take down the Chiefs. And well, now they're making the trip down to Kansas City. Does the level of defense that they showed against Baltimore this week make you any more nervous as a Chiefs fan? Or is that kind of offset by what was, you know, granted, there was a lot of wind. There were a lot of other factors, but kind of a weird Josh Allen game. Yeah, um, it. Honestly, the Chiefs game, which we'll talk about, that gave me a little bit more confidence. I'm watching the Bills. I really haven't loved what I've seen thus far. And I think that the key to beating the Chiefs or hanging in with the Chiefs isn't defense. I think it's kind of a Green Bay thing where there are really no bad matchups for them. Um, Tampa Bay will prove whether that's true or not. But you're going to have to put up points. And Buffalo's offense hasn't looked great thus far in the postseason. So I just don't know if they're going to have enough to beat the Chiefs, but man, I believe John Brown was missing in that first regular season contest. It was rainy, so people bring that up, and I don't think that you should put too much stock into that. It doesn't mean too much to me moving forward, so I think that the defense is improving and playing good football, but it's going to come down to Josh Allen having a really good game. Yeah, fair enough. Uh, so the Bills get the win 17-3. to They advance, and they will play the Kansas City Chiefs. We'll talk more about that matchup later. Uh, while this games on Saturday had some intrigue, we need to talk about what can happen on any given Sunday. Uh, Jordan, oh, we're going to come back to you. This game must have been a roller coaster for you. Mahomes goes down with what we now know was a neck injury, um, which when I saw it, it didn't look like his head hit the ground. I was a little confused as to what had happened there, but we now know um, likely an issue with his neck. The Browns drive the length of the field. They punch it in to make it a one-score game. At the end of the day, at the end of it all, Andy Reid and his massive coconuts put the ball in the hands of Chad freaking Henny in the final minutes of the game on fourth and inches, and it plays out beautifully. Start with that play and kind of take us backwards through what you you saw out of this game from Kansas City? Um, well, first and foremost, the um, I do think there is quite a bit of validity um, lost by my speech there to the, I guess it's a rumor right now, um, not technically a report. Um, there was a guy in Kansas City who reported earlier on Monday that it was a neck thing and he got a nerve twisted and that's why he lost his breath, lost consciousness, and then kind of stumbled when he got up. There is validity to that. I think that um, Mahomes did not suffer a concussion, and in the the media availability on Monday, Reed was like really, really hesitant with all of the concussion questions. He didn't want to say the word concussion. He didn't say Mahomes had one. Um, he said he's in protocol. So it was a really weird freak injury, and I think at the time, um, I thought he had a concussion because obviously he got up and almost fell down again and almost kind of did. He was really dizzy. So um, I think that, I mean, they did really well considering Chad Henney was their quarterback and not a lot changed offensively. But like you said, that fourth and one, first of all, after Chad Henney took off running on third and 14 and then dove and came up just short, that was crazy in and of itself. But then um, Reed calling a, a sprint option out to uh Tyreek Hill, who was just ahead of the stick, like that was a crazy play call on fourth down. And then Reed said that it's always a throwing down um, with this offense and that it really didn't change for Chad Henney. So really I'm just impressed that they didn't go to a vanilla game plan. I mean, they still ran the ball, but Chad Henney went out and kind of was a gunslinger. I mean, he threw that one interception where he outthrew all the on the field. So the Chiefs just, it was impressive that they got out of there with the because I think everyone was a little bit worried that once Mahomes went out, 
that things were going to go south for them. Yeah, I think the the one play that I love the most, that Chad Henney interception you mentioned, it looked like he was trying to prove himself as a quarterback on one play. He was like, you've been waiting your whole moment, your whole life for this. We are going to launch this football. Um, and again, I think the, the confidence of Andy Reid to know what he had in Chad Henney and be willing to go back to him, it says a lot about the confidence that Reid has in his backup quarterback. Um, Alex, I want to hear your overall takeaway from this game and what you think about Kansas City. But first, you know, I know they're a division rival and a bit of a little brother team to you, but the Browns really put together an impressive 2020 run, didn't they? Yeah, they did. I mean, this was, you know, before the last season, they were like the darling team to pick. Like, it's like, oh, I think that this is the team that wins the AFC North. And they, with Freddie Kitchens leading the way, really fell flat. And then this year, it was like, okay, they brought us to fancy now. We tried being really high on them last year, but then they let us down. So how high can we really be on them? And so I felt like they got mixed reviews in the preseason. And they had a solid season. I don't think it was world-beating or anything, but I thought they had a really solid season. They took care of teams they needed to take care of. And they ended up getting into the playoffs on the last you know, Sunday of the season and then winning a playoff game against a, a Pittsburgh team that we kept, knew had problems but was still a tough beat on the road. So, And then they had a real shot to win this game. And they, I didn't like their last drive at all. Um, I know some people like the fact that they punted. They thought they had plenty of time. I didn't really like the fact that they punted with just over four minutes to go down by one possession. Uh, I get that they were on their own 30, but I just think that I know who's at quarterback, but with how many weapons the Chiefs have, I just felt it was going to be too difficult to keep them off the field. And uh, But they really did have a shot, and a couple of bad bounces went their way. Obviously, we could talk about the, the touchback that happened in the first half. And they got a little bit of, I guess, luck. I hate to say injury things are luck, but that Mahomes was taken out of the game. But, you know, they had a real shot. And that would have been just crazy that if the Bills knocked off the Chiefs and we have a Bills-Browns AFC Championship game, that would have been nuts. But not to be, but still a really solid season for them. And they have all their pieces in place to continue to make more runs in these next couple of years. So this is a really exciting time for Cleveland football. Yeah, you, you touched on a couple of things. I do want to keep it with this game just for a moment. Uh, you touched on a couple of instances in that game. Obviously, there was the was it a targeting call? Was it not a targeting call touchback that happened right. back in the first half? Um, but I think the biggest thing that, that I want to talk about right now is just the game that Baker Mayfield Mayfield bleh, the game that Baker Mayfield had. I, I think that I don't have an issue with them punting the ball away just because I feel a lot better about handing the ball back to Chad Henney in bad field position than I do handing them the ball already in Harrison Butker field goal range when he can make Make it an eight-point game, but I still think that if they if they were going to win this game, and they definitely had a chance to win this game, Baker Mayfield simply needed to play better. Um, he looked pretty good, twenty-three of thirty-seven for two hundred and four yards, but just one touchdown for him on the day, one interception as well. Jordan, let me just kind of get your take. Uh, I don't want to I don't want to spend too much time, you know, talking about the was it an, was it a touchback, was it a penalty, all that, whatever. Um, but from what you saw to Baker Mayfield specifically in this game, and specifically when he knew that Patrick Mahomes is not coming back into this game. I have a chance to lead this team to victory. And it just seemed like at the end of the day, partially play calling, partially execution, he wasn't able to get it done. Yeah, man, I think that in the first half, Baker was excellent. Um, Them scoring just three points, I don't think had much, if anything, to do with Baker. He was dropping dimes. His receivers were dropping passes, I think. Um, It was that last drive of the half when Nick Chubb had back-to-back drops and Baker put the ball right on him, so... Um, I think that Baker actually overall played a decent game, but like you said, he should have played better, um, especially with Mahomes out, because 
you just have to beat Chad Henney and come back on Chad Henney. That shouldn't be much of a problem. Um, but he he had a chance to do what people have been waiting for him to do all year, and that's put the team on his back when everything else is working against him. And I think that I heard a stat on the radio today, um, so I'm guessing it's true because it's not Twitter, it's not Facebook. So there's a little more validity there. But he's 0-20 when he falls down by eight or more points Ugh. in a game. And that's not going to do it in the NFL. So it was either eight or ten points. But either way, I mean, it's a score or a touchdown and a field goal. And you'd expect your guy to lead a comeback. So I just, I love Baker. I think that he has a bright future ahead of him. And I think he's going to keep improving. But he just didn't get it done when he needed to. So you're right. Yeah, and I don't really consider myself to be a Baker hater per se. I really do. I love his personality. I love some of the throws that he makes, and I want to see him do well. But I just I wanted to see more. I felt like this could have been kind of the the defining Baker Mayfield game of his career if he was able to come back and win it, and ultimately comes up just short. Saw a really good meme that I wanted to share really quickly before we move on. It was uh, where will the Browns be watching the AFC Championship game from? And then of course they played the uh, at home with Baker Mayfield uh, spot. So. Uh, yeah, un- unfortunate unfortunate for the Browns. They come up short. Kansas City hangs on. Any given Sunday, 22-17. They get the win and move on to the AFC Championship game. More on that in a minute. Wait, we have wait, one- wait. Before oh, we move sure. on, before we move on. Go ahead, go ahead. Speak of anything can happen. Jordan, as far as Chiefs backup quarterbacks, they're going Henny, Matt Moore, or Chase Daniel. Ooh. I am going Matt Moore 100 out of 100 times and 101 <laughs> times on Sunday, man. I think that... Chase Daniel was fine. Um, he is he's on the all finesse team first team for sure in the history of the NFL. That dude has made a killing off being a backup. Uh, Chad Henney, he's cool. I mean, he threw the pick and I was irritated, but that run on third down really gave my respect. But that more, the dude came in and beat the Broncos when Mahomes was hurt last year. He went toe to toe with Aaron Rodgers, almost beat him last year. Then he beat Kirk Cousins in the Vikings. So that dude will have my respect forever. So. Um, he's been the COVID quarterback this year, which I was kind of hoping Chad Henney would be, but um, I, I like Henney, but it's definitely Matt Moore for me. I don't know about you guys. I do love that, like, in, in 2020, you have to have, like, a designated survivor. Like, I think every every team saw what happened to the Broncos and were like, oh, shoot, we got to, like, isolate one of these guys just in case. Um, yeah. It, it's just, it's the world we live in, man. It's a, it's, it's a crazy, crazy world. Uh, we do have one more game from the weekend that we need to talk about. And to be quite honest, it's a game that I would almost rather forget. Drew Brees' career goes out in about the saddest way that I can think of. Uh, a home playoff loss against a guy who has already taken or will soon take all of his records in front of virtually no fans and short of a conference championship game for a fourth straight playoff appearance. It goes without saying that I love Drew Brees. Drew, obviously, you know, more than just my inspiration to become a Saints fan, he's a big part of the reason that I got into football. And I, like many Saints fans, I think were very naive in thinking that because he had always been around, he would always be around. I think we kind of just expected that he would play forever, but now his career is finally coming to an end, and I just wish that this organization would have been able to give him at least one more title. Um, It's obviously very debatable, but in my book, he's still the fourth, maybe the fifth greatest quarterback to ever play the game, and I think for all of us, Sundays won't be quite the same without him. As far as this game goes, I said that if the Saints offense came out and played the way it did against the Bears, that they were going to get blown out in this game. And I'm honestly amazed that this game was as close as it was, because the biggest difference came down to the turnovers. Four for New Orleans, a clean sheet for Brady and the Bucks, still ends up being just a 10-point win for Tampa Bay. This New Orleans offense needed all of its guys to be healthy in order to function, and I think having Taysom Hill and Latavius at Murray out really hurts. It does make them a little bit more one-dimensional, and I think that predictability really did make them easier to game plan for. 
Having Trey Kendrickson back was great. Uh, a lot of other things go great for them, but again, having those two guys out really does hurt. Um, and, and it'll be interesting to see, you know, again, did Tampa do enough in this game to give you enough confidence in them to not lose at Lambeau next week? Alex, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to come to you on that first. Did you see enough out of Tampa this week that you see them now going in to play the best team in the NFC and you think you feel like they've got a shot here? It wasn't a great performance from Tampa Bay. Um, they had some elements that were really excellent. I mean, um, their coverage was awesome, and you know that you know partially led to why Breeze had some you know pretty big troubles. Also, the fact that he couldn't throw the ball beyond eight yards hurt too. And but I thought that the Bucks' coverage was probably their best sort of aspect of the game. I thought Brady was okay. He didn't turn the ball over. He missed some guys down the field. But one thing that really stands out to me is the fact that they couldn't get a ton of pressure on Breeze. I don't believe he was sacked. I think he got hurried three times. And one of those led to an interception, but they didn't quite get enough pressure on him. And that was the whole point the last time that they played the Packers and they won in blowout fashion. They sacked Aaron Rodgers five times and they were able to really put down a a Green Bay offense that has since soared. So... Um, I didn't love that aspect of the Tampa Bay game, or, and I still think they have a shot. I think anytime Tom Brady and a team as talented as this does have a shot, but I, this game didn't give me like any added confidence that they'll go into Lambeau and beat the top team in the NFC. Sure. Uh, I made a, I made a comment after the show last week. Uh, Jordan, I think you said that it should have been on the pod, so I'll go ahead and throw it on the pod now. This team feels like the Expendables. This team, it's just a bunch of like old aging players or players that are like near the end of their prime um, that probably should be performing at a higher level. And yet they still find a way to get the job done. Look, I want to get your opinion on this game, Jordan, but I did want to ask you about this first. So when all the Deshaun Watson talk started, when all of this buzz happened a couple of weeks ago, my initial instinct was to look and see if there was any chance that New Orleans might be able to sign him. Because my thought is, you know, New Orleans, it's an, it's an attractive site. Like if you're a good quarterback in free agency, New Orleans would be a really good spot to be right now. Um, and then I found out that if you look at the salary cap numbers for the 2021 season, the Saints are currently $95 million over the cap as it stands right now. The second worst situation is Philly, who are only $51 million. Every team beyond that is $24 million over or better. I feel like you understand the business side of football a little bit better than I do. I feel like I, I, I'm a little more comfortable talking about the on-field stuff when we get to the off-field stuff. I'm not as sharp. Can you explain to me at all how the hell this was even possible and if the Saints can do anything to avoid just a fire sale this offseason? <laughs> that, is, oh, that is the question for sure. Um, so I think that they've really been headed towards this brick wall of the salary cap for really a few years now. And um, part of it has been Breeze taking probably below market value. Um, for a great quarterback. I don't know about this year. His play doesn't really speak to that, whatever, whatever. But they can – there's always a way around the cap. Um, People say that the salary cap is fake, and I mean it kind of is in the fact that if you really need something to happen, like a Deshaun Watson trade, you would move heaven and earth for that to happen. Um, I think that it is possible, but you'd be sacrificing like – a ton of your team. And, I mean, extensions can help with that. You can alleviate cap in the short term there. Um, You can designate somebody um, as a post-June 1st cut, which would have you kind of stretch and waive that money 
Um, there are ways to create cap space and alleviate problems. But man, $95 million is a lot to deal with. And I think that it's been compounding for them over the past few years. So it's, it's going to be tough. And that's without factoring in um, a potential Deshaun Watson trade, which there have been no rumblings of it. But I agree with you. That would be a sight to see. So it's possible, I guess, to do it. But, man, first they just have to get out of their own way. And that's COVID is also impacting that because um, the salary cap might drop a little bit due to uh, lost revenue and stuff like that. So the Saints are really not in a great spot, but I think they're not quite as bad as people think. Yeah, I think part of the problem with the Saints, again, I kind of looked at it because, you know, you do start playing that game as a fan. You get a little delusional. And I was like, all right, well, what if we what if we were to like trade Michael Thomas or something like that? It doesn't matter. They don't have anybody. They don't have any one player that is eating up that much that much money right now to where they can move one big piece and a couple little pieces and be okay. Ninety five million. Again, ninety five million is a ridiculous amount of money, especially when you consider that no other team in the league is even remotely close to being in that situation. So, you know, for me as a Saints fan, I'm looking at it and I'm like, look, if we put in if we put in Jameis Winston next year and we just if he if he ends up being bad or whatever and we have to tank for a year, I'm okay with that. Um, But man, it's just it's going to be weird in New Orleans next year, regardless. Yeah, well, and it's kind of a They've been kicking that tin can down the road for the past few years in terms of the salary cap, and now they're at the landfill, and there's, like, everybody's recycled cans are all piled up. And they're like, <laughs> oh, well, <laughs> this is how we got here. So I think that it's it's their own fault, of course, but also um, they kind of tried to capitalize on the back end of Drew Brees' career, and it didn't work out, but that's kind of um, a decision you have to live with in football, I think. Sure. Um, I don't want to spend too much time talking about the Saints. I know this is a general sports podcast, regardless of whether or not I am a Saints fan, which obviously I am. Um, Alex, any any final thoughts about this game, about this situation, anything at all, you know, without without getting too much into a 30 minute segment that I would love to do next week, maybe uh, about where we think Deshaun Watson might land? <laughs> um, not a lot. I mean, really, just the Saints bet on themselves to win over these last couple of years, sort of like Jordan alluded to. And they had some bad luck. They had some underperformances, and they just it just didn't work out. You know, they went for it, and had they won a Super Bowl, this would have been worth it. You would have had a fire sale, and you know it would have been a little bit easier to take. Now, since you didn't win, or since the Saints didn't win, now it gets a little bit more awkward with what exactly they want to do and what they want to be moving forward. So it'll be interesting. They're one of the more fascinating teams this offseason for sure because there's not really an easy way to tell what they're going to be next year. So. Yeah, I feel like it's going to I feel like this is going to feel like a funeral for Drew Brees and, and we're just going to start reading off the will. And it's like, all right, Teron Armstead, uh, you have been bequeathed to the, the Texans or somebody like that. I'm just going to I'm just going to get to watch all my favorite players get traded away or, you know, just leave in free agency because we cannot afford to pay them. Uh, yeah, the Saints bet on themselves. Unfortunately, the uh, the refs bet on the Rams. I'm kidding. Um, let's let's move on from this before I go too far down the rabbit hole uh, and say something I might regret. So despite brutal losses for Alex and myself this weekend, it was certainly a fun weekend of football, and we get to do it again this week. Uh, four teams remain as we head into the conference championship games, both of which will be played on Sunday. And let's start with the early game. 3.05 Eastern time, Tom Brady and the Bucks will travel to Lambeau Field to face Aaron Rodgers, Devontae Adams, and the Packers. Vegas is only giving Green Bay three and a half here. 
which is kind of astounding to me. I understand that Green Bay lost badly to the Bucks earlier this season. I understand that Tampa Bay has looked better in the future. I understand that Tom Brady has looked really good over the course of these last six weeks. But Alex, I still feel like this line is a little disrespectful to Green Bay. I feel pretty confident. As a matter of fact, I will say this. I feel very confident in Green Bay's ability not just to win this game, but I think this could get ugly. Am I, am I missing something else here that, that I'm just not seeing? I don't think so. I think three and a half is a pretty easy bet to take um, for Green Bay. I, I get it. The Buccaneers really, really handled them early in the season. But the Bucks were really volatile early in the season. They had that game, and then they lost to the Nick Foles Buc- uh, Bears. And they had you know some really down games, and they had some really awesome games. So I don't know. I think the Packers have really found a rhythm. You mentioned since the uh, the Colts game, they haven't been near unbeatable. Well, they haven't been beaten since then, and they've been blowing out a lot of teams, including good teams. They won by 14 over the Rams. They blew out the Titans. So I, I don't know. I, I don't really understand why the – I understand why, but I don't understand why this line is what it is. I think the Packers are, are pretty decent favorites. I also think that you have to give Tom Brady his due, um, especially in a playoff game. And he's played in the cold before. It's not like, you know, Drew Brees going to Lambeau versus Tom Brady going to Lambeau. You know, Drew Brees has played the latter half of his career, or played all of his career either in San Diego or in a dome in New Orleans versus Tom Brady, who's played in Foxborough and and knows the elements better than anybody. So um, there's certain things that the Buccaneers do that can give them a bit of an edge. I just, I like the Packers position players more in their matchups more so than the Buccaneers defenders. And I think that Rodgers is playing out of his mind right now. Yeah, I, I definitely don't think that Tom Brady in the cold, I don't think that's a concern for anybody. I think that's 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 not something that anybody is really worried about. I would feel OK about this line being at three and a half if this game was in Tampa Bay. Um, but the fact that the, the home team gets three points anyway. So essentially what Vegas is saying here, Jordan, is they feel like the Packers are half a point better than the Bucks. I, I don't again, I don't understand it. Um, it's a little crazy. And again, I, I still feel like, you know, not only am I rooting for the Packers here because I feel like it would be fun to potentially have a Chiefs-Packers Super Bowl, I genuinely feel like that for the last eight, nine weeks, this Packers team has been the second-best team in all of football. Yeah, absolutely. And I am cautiously optimistic about this one. I think that probably 75 or 80% of my brain is where you guys are, where I think Green Bay could definitely take control of this game and make it ugly. But that other 20 25% thanks back to... And this is really just a gut instinct, rather, that Aaron Rodgers has had some heartbreaking playoff losses, whether it be his defense giving up 42 points or his defense giving up 38 or his defense giving up 45 or him leading a comeback drive and then not getting the ball in overtime or just a ton of stuff like that. And Tom Brady has had some pretty good fortune and some pretty good performances, so I don't think that um, you can write off Brady, but Vegas giving three and a half is pretty absurd. I'm with you. Like, even me, who is very cautious about this one, three and a half is very low. Because like you said, the, the home team is going to get the three points anyway. So I think that Green Bay has more than enough to get this game done. And um, it's going to come down to, I think, Tyler, you and I have kind of brought up how we've been wanting more from this Tampa Bay offense. We've been waiting for it to click. And if that happens somehow in this game, which at this point in the season I don't think it's ever going to, and they've still been pretty good, then that's a whole different ballpark. But you can't bank on that because this is the same team um, they have been since they started playing consistent football. So I'm going to go with Green Bay to get this one done. But 
um, I'm still cautiously optimistic about it. Sure. Uh, I'll get a score from you here in just a moment, Jordan. But first, I did want to ask you this. I've asked you this a couple of times before as we've gone through these playoffs. But as a Chiefs fan, if you make the Super Bowl this year, you're you're clearly rooting for the Buccaneers here, right? Like you would you rather run into Tom Brady after he won three straight playoff games and things are starting to click? Or would you still much prefer to or I should say, would you prefer that or would you prefer Aaron Rodgers doing what he's done all season long in that Super Bowl game? Oh, 110% Tom Brady. That, that's not even, <laughs> I don't even have to think twice about that. I think that, that everybody, if they were the Chiefs, would much rather face uh, Tampa Bay. Fair enough, even though it would be a home game for them, which that's the other thing. That's never happened before. We have never had yeah. the home team in their own stadium for the Super Bowl. So that, as of right now, is still something that's going along. But before we get into crazy superstitions or anything like that, Jordan, let me go ahead and get a score prediction from you, sir. I'm going to go 34-31 Packers. I think it's going to be a high-scoring game, so naturally it'll be like 10-7 or something. But I'm going to go 34-31 Green Bay in a close. Actually, no. I'm going to go 34-28 because I just said the three-and-a-half wasn't enough. I think the six is is just enough. A one-score game, but still um, something where Green Bay gets the respect they deserve. All right. Alex, any final thoughts on this matchup? And uh, let's get a score prediction from you as well. And before you do, I will remind you, you have played devil's advocate twice so far on these picks. You have been right both times. So you currently lead the picks, which is not something you have historically been very good at, but you are ahead in picks. Congratulations. I'm very excited for you to try to see this one home. Uh, who you, who you got in this game, bud? Come on now. <laughs> um, First of all, but before I give a, a score prediction, I just want to say I am so happy that we finally get Brady versus Rodgers in the postseason because yes. this has been yeah. coming. And just for like an NFL historical like you know feat, this is awesome that we're going to get this matchup. Um, as far as the score, I um, it's funny. I, I literally have thirty four twenty eight Green Bay written down, so I'm going <laughs> to switch it up a little bit to thirty four to twenty seven. So that it's not exactly what Jordan said, but uh, I think it's going to be basically the same. I think that it'll be tight. I think it'll be a, uh, you know, I, I think that the Packers will. Well, I mean, I mean, I think the Buccaneers will certainly have an opportunity to come back in this game. But the way the Packers are rolling, I got to roll with them. That is uh, that is fair. Well, we are uh, we are continuing to be very similar in picks. Um, I do have this as a Packers victory. I think it'll be of the thirty eight to twenty eight variety. Um, and again, I just I still feel so confident in this Packers team, especially at home, to get the job done. I do also think it's funny you mentioned, you know, people will look back on this. It's, let's say hypothetically somehow Tom Brady finds a way to win the Super Bowl and Patrick Mahomes is the quarterback that he beats. If we're talking about this playoffs historically 20 years down the road, we're going to remember that this was the year that in order, if you go for, if you go from the Super Bowl backwards, Tom Brady beat Patrick Mahomes, Aaron Rodgers, Drew Brees and oh, yeah, Taylor Heineke. That guy. I remember him now. Um, yeah, but anyway, I, I am taking Green Bay in this one, 38-28. I feel pretty good about it. And as someone who has never bet any money on sports, at least not through an organization or a bookie, um, man, this is tempting. I, I really, really kind of low-key want to throw some money on this. But uh, we'll, we'll see. We'll see if I end up being bold enough to do that. Later on Sunday night, Patrick Mahomes, we hope, and the Kansas City Chiefs will look to make it back-to-back Super Bowl appearances for the first time in franchise history, hosting Josh Allen and the Bills. Jordan, I know you said last week that that you are finally ready to believe in this team without hesitation. How are you feeling about everything uh, that we've seen heading into this week in this matchup against the Bills? I'm going to go based on the first half. 
Um, I think the defense played well enough in the second half to where I believe in them, but the offense with Mahomes in the first half was pretty good. Like, they weren't firing on all cylinders, but out of the six, I'd say five of them were firing pretty well. So I will take that. Um, then he hurt his toe and things looked a little bit weird. Then he got knocked out of the game and things just went out the window. But I think that a week of somewhat resting and testing and all that stuff will do him some good. He'll throw a steel plate at the bottom of his shoe. I saw that a lot of offensive linemen do that. He'll do whatever he needs to um, get out there and play. Hopefully, we're more concerned about the next thing or the head thing. I think everyone is now. But, and I just don't know if the Bills can keep up with them. Like, if the Chiefs are operating at full capacity, is there Green Bay is pretty much the only offense I think that's capable of keeping up with them? I don't know. What do you guys think about it? Well, first of all, I think to insinuate that Patrick Mahomes only has six cylinders is disrespectful to Patrick Mahomes. He is a V8 or or better. Uh, depend. I don't know what's under the hood, but it's not a six cylinder. I'll tell you that. Um, okay. I I feel I feel pretty good about this. I think the one thing you have to remember with Patrick Mahomes, he's also one of the few quarterbacks that look he could take like. He could take a flat-footed drop and throw without stepping into it, and he could still throw the ball further downfield with accuracy than a guy like Drew Brees. So, I'm not too worried. Um, I, I Jordan, I, I know you're not exactly in the locker room or anything, but do you know, have you heard anything that you can tell us about, you know, Mahomes' readiness heading into this week? Is there any concern in the organization that there's even a chance he might not play? Yeah, um, there's definitely a chance, but... Um I think every minute that passes, and we're recording this on a Monday night, sorry to spoil it for anybody listening, but um, (laughs) people are cautiously optimistic as the low end, which is probably like 65, 70%. And then there are people that think they're all the way um, confident he's going to play. So if I had to put money on it, I would say he's going to play, especially because I really don't think he got a concussion. Um, so the foot or toe or whatever, that's the least of my concern. I think that assuming he continues to pass the concussion protocol and get out of it, I'm, I'm pretty sure he's going to be able to play. Alex, we've talked a lot about the Kansas City Chiefs here, and obviously feel free to say anything you want about them, about their situation, but there is another team playing in this game. It's the Buffalo Bills, and they continue to be one of the hottest teams in the AFC. They have rolled through opponents left, right, and center. Um, and again, there was some wind that I feel like took some of those jo- some of those bad Josh Allen throws this week. I don't know how much those were his fault, um, but what do you feel like the Bills have to do in this game in order to keep up with a, a high-powered offense like Kansas City? Well, they had an interesting game plan against Baltimore. If you notice, they threw the ball 16 times on their first 17 plays. And they kind of replaced their running game with a short passing game, sort of using Singletary more in his natural role as a pass-catching back and really just kind of relying on Josh Allen early on. The Ravens played some really excellent man-to-man coverage, and they have the perfect personnel for that with Marcus Peters and Jimmy Smith and, of course, Marlon Humphrey. And... I don't think Kansas City has that sort of big three, although Kansas City has tremendous defenders. We'll we'll see if Buffalo actually runs the ball this time. And um, I don't know. I think that this just a lot of this is going to depend on Allen. Uh, you can say what, whatever about the wind. He could have really taken advantage of that game if he hit some of those deeper throws. And maybe the wind won't be too bad as bad in Arrowhead. Buffalo's weather is really bizarre all the time. So... Um, that could be something. If Allen is clicking, if they kind of go, you know, if they go quickly and he can hit those throws and they continue to sort of use that passing game to really propel them forward, then, 
you know, he could be really good. And I'm not entirely sure what Brashad Breeland's availability is going to be. So that could be another veteran guy that the Chiefs may not be with. Um, defensively, the Bills ran a zone 74% of the time against Baltimore, and they did that. They did that basically the same thing against the Chiefs the first time. And the Chiefs scoring 26 points is one of the lower, you know, isn't one of their better games really. And so I think that they'll probably look to do something similar. Um, and you know, if Mahomes is hobbled, then I think that they'll, you know bring some pretty decent blitz packages up towards him to try to get him uncomfortable, maybe hide him around a little bit. So I think the Bills have a, a decent path here to at least make this really tight and competitive and try to make Mahomes uncomfortable. Fair enough. Uh, Alex, you're the one with a two-point lead. We will start with you for a pick here. Chiefs and Bills at Arrowhead Stadium. Who you got? Uh, I, I, part of me that wants to sort of differentiate, wants to pick the Bills here, but I did that with the Patriots for years, and they kept winning. <laughs> uh, I feel like I kind of have to give Mahomes that due diligence. So I'm going to give it to Kansas City, but I think it's pretty close and maybe lower scoring than some people think. I'm going to go Kansas City wins 28-26. All right. I also really quickly, I forgot to give the line in this game. It's it's three. It's three yeah. for the Chiefs at home, which I think that's even more surprising than the Packers line, with the exception of all the injuries and all the question marks. But Man, I, again, it's really going to come down to whether or not Mahomes, how healthy is he? What percentage readiness is he at? Um, Jordan, what are you feeling in this game? You got a, a big Kansas City victory coming up? You all heading back to the Super Bowl this year? Last week, I went with a high-scoring game um, in Bills Ravens, and I'm going to go with an even higher-scoring game in this one, Ooh. I think. I actually can't remember what my score was, but it's going to turn out to be pretty close. I'm going to go... 42-34 Chiefs and just a absolute fun, exhilarating, exciting, no defense played type of game. So naturally, like the last pick, it'll be like 3-0 at halftime, but <laughs> I'm just going to roll with it. Jordan, if we get that game, I will I will personally thank you uh, on behalf of all football fans everywhere. That would be awesome. Um, I also have a high-scoring game picked in this one. I think Mahomes is going to be fine. I think that, you know, obviously if Breland does not able to come back, I think that helps Buffalo's case. Um, I am going to take Kansas City by a final score here of 35-27. to 27. I am sticking with my original pick. I think both teams that had the first round by make the Super Bowl, and hopefully we're talking about that Chiefs-Packers Super Bowl next week. Before we go, I wanted to give each of you a chance to give any final thoughts you might have on any of this, any of the games that were, any of the games that are to be, and to give me one of the biggest, or not one of, but the biggest thing that you'll be keeping an eye on here this Sunday. Alex, uh, I'll let you lead us off this week so Jordan can't steal your thunder again. I just think it's a cool battle between the quarterbacks. You know, I, I, I talked about Brady versus Rodgers, and then going on the AFC side, Mahomes versus Allen could be something we see like four times in the next six years you know so if that ends up being the case and this is like the first one um that's pretty cool so i think the quarterback matchups in both games are you know one of the massive keys you can say it about any games but i think more most specifically to these games too so i guess that's where really what i'm looking forward to this weekend all right uh alex we'll go ahead and let you go here thank you so much for coming on the show this week for sure thanks you guys Jordan, uh, any final thoughts here on any of this? And uh, one thing you'll be keeping an eye on here as we head into uh, the conference championship round. Well, naturally, in TBH sports pod fashion, um, Alex took my idea because we all take each other's <laughs> ideas. Because great minds think alike and ours do as well. So 
Um, we always take each other's stuff. So I'm going to default and just say I'm watching um, for how the Chiefs look at their peak. If they're at their peak, um, then they're going to absolutely be my Super Bowl pick. But if they kind of look iffy against the Bills, I don't think it's crazy to pick a Green Bay team, assuming they get there. Um, so I'm really just looking to see that, um, the quarterbacks. And I want to see Aaron Rodgers get back to the Super Bowl. I mean, it is it is insane that that guy's only been there one time. And being one-for-one one is fantastic. But out of all the talented teams that they had, at least offensively, the defenses sucked. Or the good defenses, the offense wasn't good. Um, or Rodgers was hurt. Or Mike McCarthy blew it. Or the defense blew it in the playoffs after being great all regular season. I mean, he has had one of the most interesting careers in league history. And I'd really like to see him get there, uh, whether he wins it or not. Yeah, as a uh, as a Saints and a Drew Brees fan, I am fully rooting for Aaron Rodgers for that very reason. I think that his legacy, obviously, if anyone's going to put him in that GOAT conversation, uh, he's going to have to have a little bit more hardware to go along with it. But uh, it'll be interesting to see that. Uh, Jordan, thank you once again so much for coming on. We always appreciate having you here on the show. Yeah, thank you, man. I appreciate it a lot. All right, really quickly, uh, the one thing I'll be keeping an eye on this week, similar to what Jordan said, I am going to be intrigued by the Super Bowl matchup, and for that reason, I am going to be watching what this Bucks secondary can do against the Packers offense. Look, if Green Bay rolls in this one, I'm with Jordan. I don't think there really is any reason not to think that this Packers team could win a Super Bowl this year. They've put in a lot of work, and all that work could come to fruition two weeks from now when we head to that game. But... That'll just about do it. 32 teams entered the league this year. Four teams remain. And when we talk to you next week, we will know the matchup for Super Bowl 55. Before we go, I want to say a very special thank you to Alex Weiner and Jordan Foote for being on the show, not just this week, but also the last three weeks as we've worked our way through the NFL playoffs. And of course, to you, our listeners, for tuning in, whether you get your podcasts on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or Google Podcasts, we always appreciate your support. I hope you all enjoy the rest of your week. Enjoy these conference championship games on Sunday, and we will see you next week on the TBH Sports Podcast.